1: it's our first friday news roundup of 2024 and las vegas you are chock full of news per usual today on citycast las vegas i'm here with co-host sarah loman and nevada current editor april corbin we're talking about the scary scene in the las vegas courtroom with a judge attacked why stopping for selfies has become criminal on strip pedestrian bridges and the worst food trends of the year It's Friday, January 5th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. April Sarah, welcome to the Friday News Roundup. Hey,
2: thanks for having me back. Thank you, David.
1: So let's start in a courtroom in Las Vegas where something very scary happened, making national headlines this week. April, tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So on uh, Wednesday morning at a sentencing hearing, there was a 30-year-old Diobra Redden. Opera I don't know, sorry, sorry his name, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and he was in a sentencing hearing for plea, he had pled guilty to attempted battery with substantial bodily harm. And uh it was actually, I believe he pled down to an original charge of assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, and he gave a you know long speech saying that he wanted to have probation or, or sort of not go to prison again. He'd been in prison before. Uh and, and the judge, uh Mary Kay Holthus, uh said, I, I can't do that given your criminal record. Uh, uh, you need something different, uh, and so she started to sentence him, uh, and he uh, attacked. Basically, he he left the area where he's sitting, and he fled, and he he leapt over the judge's sort of uh, dais or whatever you call it, uh, the bench, sort of the bench, yeah, the bench. I don't cover courts, obviously. He 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 hurdled over the bench uh, and attacked her, and and. Um, uh, a law clerk and, and a few bailiffs obviously jumped in uh, and tried t- to restrain him and, and stop the chaos in the courtroom. But it was a very dramatic, uh, very scary uh, scene that happened yeah. this week. Uh, and, and it's made headlines. It was in The New York Times, along with a lot of websites. The video, a shorter video, is going viral uh, on, on social media. So everyone's talking about it.
1: Yeah, that short clip uh, I've, I've seen posted o- over 100 places already. And like you said, mm-hmm. New York Times, also Washington Post. What are your initial reactions to this video, Sarah?
0: Well, of course, you know, I I saw this when it came up. um, I think it was Las Vegas locally was the first place that I saw it on Instagram. Uh, And I then watched like the Channel 13 video, which is actually 20 minutes long. It's this entire hearing. And it is a way different vibe than you get from the short clip that's playing that even plays automatically Uh on the New York Times website without sound. And I say that because, I mean, the initial reaction to just seeing this man like fly over the bench, it is shocking. Like, I don't know how someone gets that airborne. um, And it's really frightening. But then when you watch it in the longer context, it is, it's so unexpected. Like, everything is going as normal. Like, he's entering his plea. The lawyer, you know, asked, him to go and be sent to probation. The judge says no. And it's actually even before he's sentenced, um, he snaps and and goes after her. And to me, the really heartbreaking part that you miss if you're not listening to this with sound is that you can hear his family in the background, what I presume are, you know, is his mother or sisters or grandmother. And they're actually crying and yelling, no, don't do this, no, don't do this. And so it takes it much away from more of this like, whoa, Vegas is crazy, which I feel like is gonna be reaction to this, to this really sad story. And I think that much like you, David, my first takeaway was this man needs, needs he doesn't need to go to prison. He needs mental health support. Um, But of course, being institutionalized is also, it can be worse than prison because you end up institutionalized with no out date. You get out when you're well, quote unquote. And it just is this like really, really sad incident that now the whole country is witnessing.
1: Yeah. How about you, April? What did you think when you saw that video?
2: Yeah. I mean, the short video uh, is obviously it's just crazy. Like like Sarah said, it's like the airtime and it's it's just sort of wild. And it's it was easy, I think, to kind of take it lightly because it had been early, reported pretty early on that the judge... And, uh the other people in the courtroom were okay that they went to the hospital but they were not in serious sort of uh, injury or anything so obviously it's really scary uh, but but uh, pretty limited but the, the the more you found out about this this case it's really sad the lawyer uh came out and said that he's been diagnosed with schizophrenia and yeah. bipolar disorder uh, uh-huh. he had been through the mental health court uh at least twice before is what I read in in um, a story so he's clearly, um, troubled and and it's a sad situation. Um, it's super heartbreaking. I mean, and of course, you know, we're all
0: glad that the judge wasn't hurt. I mean, she's mm-hmm. being monitored, but she does seem to be okay. But it just feels like everybody was a victim in that room. I'm actually, David. I'm curious. Can you explain the charge?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was in on a violent charge, and I don't know enough about the case. But what we do know is that in this particular case, at one point he was deemed by a different judge to be incompetent, meaning that he couldn't understand the nature of the proceedings. And he was literally sent to the state psychiatric hospital for observation called Lakes Crossing, where he was treated and, quote unquote, made competent anew. And that's a controversial um, process, uh, but it, it certainly indicates not just the, the defense attorney saying that he had schizophrenia, but likely, in all likelihood, um, verification of significant mental health issues. Uh, the judge in the clip, uh, Judge Mary Kay is, who I know very well for a very long time, uh, had indicated that he had, you know, not done well in mental health court twice before. Mm. Uh, I, I would say, based on my experiences, that schizophrenics do the worst in the mental health court because of the nature of the, the limited resource. They, they can be flexible. They try to work with people. But schizophrenia is a hard one to fit into that particular um, court setting. So failing out of that is not uncommon. It, it, it's rough. So, yeah, I mean, they, they don't train judges, uh, all judges on how to best interact with people with schizophrenia who have violent mm. histories. You know, there could be all sorts of triggers that they're not aware of and not to, you know, in any way blame the judge for, you know, this horrific action that occurred to her. And, and I do hope that she's okay. It did, did seem like she got her head banged against the wall pretty hard. And, and yeah, sometimes that doesn't show up for hard. a little while. And uh, one of the marshals, uh, w- which we also call bailiffs, but they're technically marshals, uh, had to go to the hospital with a, a gushing head. Uh, with, with needing stitches, et cetera. So, um, you know, there's a lot of questions um, about how we deal in courtroom settings with people with significant mental health issues. Um, there's also issues of, uh, of security. I mean, a lot of people are praising the law clerk there. Uh, shout out to Michael Lasso, uh, the law clerk, who's a Vegas kid, a former uh, high school uh, football player <laughs> who, who maybe saved his judge's life.
0: Yeah. Um- what do you think is going to happen next for the defendant?
1: He he certainly has already been arrested for a bevy of new charges involving attacking the, um, the judge. Um, but that mental health diagnosis is not going to go away. So, you know, it, he very well could be declared incompetent again. Uh, there could be all sorts of delays in those proceedings, but he is facing significantly more time. Plus, he still needs to be sentenced on the original charge because that never went through. Uh, and, and likely a different judge is going to have to do that now. Uh, you know, they're, they're probably also going to be looking at some of the um, courtroom security protocols.
0: Well, And I feel like this doesn't seem like a typical incident. Uh,
1: it's not typical, although I have to say in, in my many decades of practice of law, I have seen uh, defendant outbursts in court. Uh, I was in a, a trial once where uh, a co-defendant code to my client uh, had. Grabbed a, a chair, punched his attorney, threw the chair at the jury box, and went after the judge. So it, it does happen. Uh, in that case, his his uh, <laughs> subsequent proceedings had him wearing a stun vest, where mm. uh, a a marshal would sit there with a trigger switch, and anytime that defendant even seemed to act up, it would be push button, zap, zap Whoa. on the ground.
2: That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: That happened. All right. Well, uh, our best wishes to all those who were injured in this and (laughs) prayers and hopes for the justice system uh, to work all of its stuff out for this not to happen again. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist, Steve Kessler from Aroma. All right. um, I guess we're going to stay in the criminal justice system a little bit. Uh, Stopping on pedestrian bridges, those little connectors over the Las Vegas Boulevard, it's now illegal. Sarah, what did the county do?
0: Yeah, so this is a law that I was really interested to look into a little more deeply. So uh, in the new year, a bevy of new laws that had been previously voted in have now gone into effect. And one of them is that there is no longer, you cannot stop, it's not just selfies, no one is allowed to stop on the pedestrian bridges that connect our casinos. Now, the reason this law was put into place is because there has been an increase in quote unquote disorder related events on the strip uh, by 23% between 2018 and 2022. So uh, about it's up about a quarter. And they say, the police say without delivering another statistics, that these disorder-related events uh, disproportionately happen on those bridges because they tend to be sort of enclosed and out of view and they don't normally have a police presence, right? Now, what the heck is a disorder-related event? So this is uh, how this term is defined via a study by UNLV. So uh, they include aggressive panhandling, solicitation while intoxicated, aggressive street performers, illegal vendors, confidence games, and drug-related activity. So somewhat unsurprisingly, the ACLU is suing the government um, because it basically says you don't hear within the confines of this law, you don't hear any specifics as to what a, that crime looks like, like how you define aggressive. I have a feeling that this law is really gonna be unevenly enforced. I don't think it's gonna be the tourists stopping for a selfie. that get asked to move along by the police. Um, I think it's going to be our unhoused or people you know, playing violin for money um, mm-hmm. that are going to be the ones targeted. And I think the last thing I wanna say about this is that the article I'm looking at from, from the Nevada Current Um, compares it to a law that was passed in Times Square in New York, uh, which I actually got to experience while I was just on my book tour, um, in that they have banned sort of street performing on different uh, corners within Times Square to keep the flow of traffic moving. That's how the law is phrased. Actually, that wasn't the issue. It was just that like tourists were kind of standing around and blocking up traffic. And now there's just a bunch of signs that say, keep it moving. So I actually don't find this a fair comparison because panhandlers and performers are still allowed within Times Square. But now we're essentially banning them um, from these bridges in Las Vegas.
1: Well, I mean, this new law from the county, which just got passed, uh, is essentially a keep it moving law. And if you don't keep it moving, you will risk citation and or the discretionary arrest. Uh, April, do you think do you think there might be unintended consequences here? And what might they be?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think Sarah sort of touched on it. You know, I think it's the uneven enforcement, like what counts, like... I think a lot of us don't want, and certainly the ACU doesn't want, to sort of rely on what Metro thinks you should or shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I think saying that, like, oh, they banned selfies on the ship is probably not their intent, uh, but it sort of draws to the point that we don't know exactly where that line is. Like, maybe a selfie is fine or whatever if that's thinking, What if, like, an influencer sits there and live streams for 30 minutes? Is that okay, but a homeless person sitting there isn't? Or I think that the, the fact that it's not clear is where the issue lies for a lot of people. Um, And and also I think it just speaks to the larger issue that like where you can't stay in public anywhere anymore. (laughs) Like I like, who cares?
1: Have have either of you been on a pedestrian bridge as of late? And what was your experience there? I mean, was it, (laughs) was it pleasant? Was was there a log jam?
0: No. It was fine. There, Of course, there were people. I mean, I have not in my two and a half years here had an incident on a pedestrian bridge. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, sure. There's people panhandling. There's people playing music. But I've never witnessed anything aggressive. And if there's any drug use anywhere, I tend to look the other way. That's not something I'm going to call the cops on. Right. But mm-hmm. you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, old school loitering and trespassing laws that were intentionally created to target black Mm -hmm. people. And so I think that when we're talking about, you know, this being enforced disproportionately, I think that the white blonde influencer will be fine. But I think it's going to be the people of color who are targeted, uh, who will be uh, uh, legally allowed to be targeted by the existence Mm of this law. And
2: I don't know the history of this ordinance and how long it's been in the works. But I think the optics of something like this being passed by Clark County a month or two after F1 where they put up barriers on some of those bridges. And we saw that video of
1: security guards like hassling people to move on when they're trying to peek through, which upset a lot of people. Interestingly. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And, and now we have this to sort of enforce it and give it more weight or whatever. Like, I, I think a lot of people are rightly sort of seeing that there's a connection there and being like, people are still pissed off about the fact that they put up the little film and you couldn't even see it or whatever. I think mm-hmm. that it's just uh, that erosion of, of anything to keep it well, moving. I think people are offended by that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to defend the county's actions here. I think ultimately they're going to face a very significant legal challenge and hard to justify what they did. But, you know, I I have been on those pedestrian bridges and I will say that they were uh, not mindfully or thoughtfully designed. Um, Mm -hmm. they're, They're kind of built for lingering or, you know, that enclosed space that makes people feel unsafe or where I would think people would be drawn to give a shot to put up a three-card Monty table or to, you know, panhandle a little bit. But it it does beg the question about what are public spaces?
0: Okay, so my question for you, David, longtime Las Vegas, like, do you think taking away the three-card Monty and the panhandlers on the street or in specifically these bridges, is this once again chipping away at the character of Las Vegas?
1: Oh, I I don't think Three Car Monty builds or adds to any of the character (laughs) of Las Vegas to exist. I mean, arguably, the people in the showgirl costumes do or don't. I don't know. But uh, I will say this, that, you know, Las Vegas does grapple with what public space means. um, And they also grapple with thoughtful design, as I stated. So, Mm. you know, um, it's just treacherous dealing in public spaces and saying what can and can't be there and how it is there. April, can you hone in on the pros and cons of making the Strip a little, I don't know, cleaner?
2: You know, uh, yeah, my proposal that Clark County will absolutely take seriously is that they should shut the Strip to traffic, car traffic. Boom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let people walk across the street. Let that, like, eight lanes. Be a space. Then you can have enough space for performers and you can have enough space for everybody's out in the open. So nobody's, like you said, built for sort of narrow design and like unsafe environments. Less likely of, to
1: be hit by cars. Less
2: likely to be hit by cars. Shut the strip down to traffic and or to car traffic, I should say, and uh, let give it back to the people. Have outdoor spaces. All right, I April, solved
0: it. <laughs> another amazing, like, that's a, like that's what Times Square did. They, yeah, they created yes. huge pedestrian spaces, right? And now it's yeah. like a lot of fun and like 30% less irritating to be there. Uh, and they've also installed, installed a lot of art in those pedestrian spaces, as well as allowing mm-hmm. a safe place for both people to navigate the city and panhandle and dress like Elmo.
2: There's enough space.
1: Cue all the sad old-time Las Vegans who are still lamenting that they can't cruise up and down Fremont Street in their open cars yelling at people, which used to be a thing. We used to have our own uh, American graffiti on, on Fremont Street. <laughs> All right. Uh, we just had two bummer topics. Let's, let's bring this home with a fun one, y'all. A great, fun article by... Las Vegas Review Journal food critic Jonathan Wright came out and he entitled uh, his piece Eight Vegas Food Trends That Need to Die in 2024. So let's go through those. I am um, really excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The first one I'm going to hit from his list. Hmm. You know what? The cocktails and smoke trend. Do you, Are you familiar with this one? Yeah. I, it's like a show and then the whole bar stinks up of cedar or whatever for a few <laughs> seconds. And then someone gets delivered a cocktail. Why Why would Jonathan hate that? Why does that have to go?
0: I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't think it's too overdone. And the one time I've experienced it, I've only experienced it once in person, and it was at the bar at the end of Meow Wolf, of Omega Mart. And Mm -hmm. it's like this woman came over and first blew a bubble on top of the cocktail and then filled the bubble with rosemary smoke. And then you waited until the bubble popped. And honestly, and by this point, we were already a little bit lit, but like our whole (laughs) table screamed for the entire like 90 (laughs) seconds of the process. Because we were so- Amped about Excellent. this magic show happening.
1: Big, big question, Sarah. Did you drink that cocktail? Because I've heard rumor that it looks great, tastes horrible.
0: You know what? I remember having a sip of it, and I don't think it was too bad. It was actually my one of my friends who ordered it. I got, like, the orange creamsicle, which was pretty tasty, I have to say. But in a way, it didn't matter for, like, it was worth the price for the thrill of adventure we got from it. <laughs> so, um, you know, while I think the article is great and Jonathan puts a lot of subtlety in his choices, I am in for smoking cocktails.
1: Okay. Let's move on to another one. Uh April, I want to get your take. He says hot chicken. Uh it's a beloved regional specialty from Nashville and it has been uh tainted and perverted by all the hot chicken outlets uh mm-hmm. that that don't pay homage to the uh to the original. What do you think about that? Hot chicken stay or go?
2: I s- stay. I love it.
1: You like the hot chicken places. I like hot
2: chicken, okay? I lived in Kentucky for five years, so like mm-hmm. sort of up, long up the road from Nashville or whatever where it was kind of a, a, a regional thing or whatever. And then when it started to blow up here, I was like, yes, bring it to me. I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like, you know what? It's good. Are they doing it as good as the original place in Nashville? Like, of course no. not. They're never going to. But like,
1: so you're okay with the imitators?
2: I'm okay with the imitators. You know, I think yeah. if you're going to imitate something, at least it's something yummy and good.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: But not
2: every burger is the best burger, but it
1: also right. kind
0: of means that every burger is an okay burger. Ditto with pizza.
1: Although I'm going to say that hot chicken can be a little on the I don't know. M- PR side of things. There's a hot chicken place that is uh, downtown Las Vegas now, which I actually really like. But they have one on there, like the the hottest on the spectrum is like the nuclear, whatever. It's like <laughs> oh, one million. This
0: time, David. You know. Uh,
1: so we went out with friends, and one of them uh, is very adept at the spicy food, and said, "Okay, I'll skip the top one. I'll go to the one right below it." And everyone's like, "You sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've one bite in." Uh, nope, not not happening. Nope. You know, yeah. Just like abandoned ship. Um, am I allowed to name who that was? Was it Sonia? It was Sonia's
0: husband. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Oh, no. uh, yeah, it was producer Sonia Sonia Swanson's husband. I see you, Sonia. Yeah, we see you. I mean, look, it was a good sandwich. We just didn't need to be that high on the level. I think it was a little gimmicky. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's the gimmicky, yes, but gimmicks bad, but okay. general hot chicken, yes. Yeah, and it can be like a little soggy
0: or like not quite like, yeah, I have had that Nashville chicken and it was just like, oh, perfect. But like, it's, you know, still hits a certain want, a need in my body. But also yeah. we Hattie B's. Hattie B's yeah. at the Cosmopolitan, which is yeah. a Asheville joint.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's move on to another one. Uh, overdone donuts. And here's uh, what Jonathan describes as overdone donuts. Uh, variously burdened with cream fillings, drizzles, crazy color icing, towers of pipe ganache and whipped cream, gold flakes, marshmallows, cereal, lollipops, and other excess. Does the overdone, overwrought donut trend need to end, y'all?
0: Yes. Goodbye. (laughs) Over it. Like, it's disgusting. That and those, like, crazy milkshakes with, like, cotton candy and a donut. Like, disgusting. I mean, it's for kids, but, like, what kid has the money? Like, whatever. There's nothing more perfect than a glazed donut, still a little bit warm. The glaze on the outside, crisp. The glaze underneath the crisscross, just a Old little school. warm and melty. Yeah. Absolutely perfect.
2: I mean,
1: April, you've got kids. Do they go for the shit emoji donuts and all that stuff? <laughs> uh. I mean,
2: they will think it's cool, but like for like half a second, right? And then they're kind of over it. Especially when they get too crazy with like toppings and it's like, it's burdensome to eat. Like you have to take all yeah. the stuff off of it anyway. They're yeah. like, what's the point? But um,
1: I mean, I would add on ethically sourced donuts, like find out who the owners of your donut shop That's are what and what other say. things yeah. they might be involved in. But, and we yeah. have a <laughs>
0: whole episode about Pink Box. Should anybody well, yeah, like yeah, to...
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. No, <laughs> it, yeah, people, can, people can go search that. All right, here's the last one. And I'm surprised because this is one of my favorite things to order on a menu, but maybe because of that. Um, the the modest but delicious Branzino fish. Why why did he pick on Branzino? He says it's just everywhere, and now that means it's over. David, Is I don't know fair? shit about
2: Branzino, honestly. <laughs> you don't? No. Yeah, that was the one thing on that list that I was like, he and I are eating at different places. <laughs> I, don't see, <laughs> I don't see Branzino everywhere. So
1: I will I tell you, if you've had the Branzino <clears throat> at Esther's Kitchen, you would be a lifelong fan of the Branzino. know, but... yeah,
0: I went to Esther's Kitchen for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago, and i got to say it was an incredible experience. Experience. Can we just do rapid fire? The other two things on the list. Okay. Yeah, number, yeah. Hit it. Hit it. Number one uh, is the neon foliage selfie walls. David, what do you think?
1: <laughs> oh, I hate the fl- the flower walls. I yeah. I'm over it. The first time I walked into one, I'm like, ugh, Instagram is running this uh, restaurant. I'm, I have no interest. Then I could see it everywhere, 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 and yeah. people taking the pictures, wow. and it's just like, so copied, dummy. April, what
2: do you think? Yeah, get rid of them. Put them on the bridge or the strip instead. Okay, hot
1: oh, take. Oh, here you go. <laughs> so you strip. can't look at the F1, but you can look at a beautiful flower <laughs> a wall, but you can not take a selfie with it. Selfie Do for not in. take a selfie with the flower <laughs> wall on the pedestrian bridge.
0: At first, when I read that, I was like, ugh, yes, get rid of them. I'm so sick of them. They're so overdone. Oh. But then I was like, you know what? Anything that supports the neon industry, I am here for. <laughs>
2: there is an, That is an art form, and I want them to get paid. Fair. Okay, so what about Ube? April, Ube? I'm so mad that Ube was on that list. Like, I <laughs> right, first
1: tell everybody what Ube is because I don't know what Ube is. I don't think I've ever had Ube in my life.
0: If you see something like a dessert in particular that's purple, although it also has savory applications, it is a purple sweet potato that's like a very popular like Southeast and East Asian flavor. I, it's hard to describe, but I find it very delicious.
1: And Jonathan says it's got to go.
2: Yeah, he says this is a trend I'm it. not
1: even on yet.
2: Don't exactly. don't go. You guys don't know enough Filipino people, I guess. So I grew it. up. I'm Filipino, so I grew up eating ube like ube ice cream and ube all things like for years and years. So when it started to pop up in little places, like coffee shops started yeah. to have one or whatever, I was like, I am all for it. Here, it's here's, here's
0: cream. Bring it, yeah.
2: Delicious. I think it's fun. Not only is it got the visual appeal of like it turns everything purple or whatever, Gorgeous but also it it does taste good and it's great and you know what Filipinos don't get enough credit for our food uh, yes. so I feel like we can own this one and uh, maybe people will have it and be like wow Filipino food's pretty good maybe I should try eating lumpia and other stuff <laughs> that's, that's my hope okay you couldn't see me but I snapped for you, April,
0: because that's so true. And where else in Las Vegas should Filipinos get cred? And I think it's beautiful. It's delicious. Jonathan just says it can be used with too heavy a hand, and he wants to see it used more thoughtfully, not trendily.
1: Well, and that makes sense. And that really is kind of the tone of the whole article, which I think is just a fun read. It's uh, great. And if, if people want to take a look at that, we're going to put a link to Jonathan Wright's story in our show notes. Well... April, Sarah, uh, another good Friday News Roundup. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks, David. Thanks for having
1: me. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our executive producer is Sonya Cho Swanson. Our producer is Leila Mohammed, Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and your hosts are Sarah Lohman and me, David Figler. Music is by OG Moose, Epidemic Sound, and All the Kimonos. We record the show on the traditional homelands of the new movie, The Southern Paiute People. If you enjoyed the show, you know the drill. Go tell a friend, tell two friends, maybe three. Rate the show, too. We love reading the reviews that come with the ratings. And please subscribe to our morning newsletter. You're missing out if you don't. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky, everybody.